Good afternoon and welcome to another podcast from RN Elite Sports. This will be our fourth podcast that we've done since we would have begun. Now, as we had promised to do a podcast on the importance of planning, and that will be released later today, but building on feedback during the course of the week after our last podcast, where we looked at developing an appreciation for playing spin, we've decided to look a little bit at developing strategies, which was highlighted within the podcast that players can utilize. Now, we must always remember when we talk about developing strategies that we try as best as possible or as much as possible to have these strategies individualistic so that players would have developed them over time on their own as opposed to the coach being the one to always say, well, this is what you're going to do. This is the way you're going to approach it. Because we must remember that the development of these strategies will come over time and with understanding of the game of cricket, understanding of the individual's game, and then having a coach who is willing to listen, who is willing to work collaboratively with the player over a period of time. Sometimes a a downfall can come where coaches and players move around quite a bit and one coach in a particular week could work with lots of different players and and vice versa a player can see four different coaches in a week as opposed to having one constant throughout so if that is the case greater collaboration is needed but at the apex of it would have to be the player the player would have to truly understand what it is they're looking to work on their method and their method of play would then dictate the practice structure, the areas that you're looking to develop and so forth. So again, we repeat that coaching then becomes a collaborative effort where there's lots of conversation going on between player and coach and lots of listening. That's that's a, a massive skill that we need to continue to work on. The questioning side of things and listening active listening you always say all right so we talk about players developing strategies over time in terms of playing spin and understanding the game and again using personal experience to to bring up some points this week again it was probably around when i got about 24 between 24 to 26 years old that I started truly understanding how I wanted to play and working with my strengths and appreciating that there are going to be some limitations in your game or in your style of play because sometimes we we seek perfection we seek to be 360 cricketers and as we said last week you, you then end up being in the middle of the road without being able to master certain skills might be good enough to to play lots of different shots but not be able to execute them over 90% of the time so it's between the period when it was 24 26 that you started to understand well this is how we're going to go about it and I worked quite a bit 
on my game with the assistance of the, the conditions and the environment that was created in Queen's Park as we would have mentioned where you face lots of spinners so when I played like spin I would utilize a back and across trigger movement because my analysis was that I wanted to have my weight I want to be able to transfer my weight back because I'm looking to cut the majority of the time because I'm thinking the bowler wanted to get me out how the bowler wants to get me out so I'm looking at caught at slip driving at the ball extra cover driving so against the leg spin my approach was one where I eliminated driving at the ball unless it was a rank half volley and I can get very close to it so I would have utilized a back and across motion with the ball is full and straight on the stump instead of coming inside out trying to hit it to mid off or hit it with the spin my focus was getting close to the ball and looking to work it to the right of mid on and to the left of mid wicket but over time that that my ability to execute that got much better with lots of practice watching the ball longer being able to judge the length pick the length quickly and again that is something that it's not something that you can just pick up one day and decide well alright practice one evening hitting against the spin as people would say and then you go in a game and, and do it it has to be something that you practice a lot and also bear in mind that as long as you get to the pitch of the ball or you can get it on the full then it's not going to turn so that was always my focus with off spinners, those you now who are a bit slower through the air would tend to get a bit more bounce. I would have utilized a similar trigger movement, but my position would have started on off stump because I may look to hit the ball through the leg side, off the bat foot as often as possible, working the ball to the left of backward square, right to maybe hit in that area for a single, sweeping. And by starting on off stamp, the focus was trying now to get the bowler to bowl wider because I I believe that spinners in that time, I, I would say, is similar now. They like the pretty wicket, which is through the gate. You know, but I'm looking at it as if I start on off stamp, they tend to go wider. So then the ball has to spin a lot in order to attack the stump. And again, I would have decided, well, we're not, I'm not going to drive at the ball. So a common thing is coming out, a common thread, a common theme is coming out with the strategies that I would have developed where you would see that there were certain shots that I would have decided to leave in the locker room. So again, I worked out, well, probably it's going to be about four shots that I will utilize. Now, for all spinners who did not spin the ball, now this is a slight difference now. All spinners who didn't spin the ball and left-hand spinners. I would have remained as still as possible very very still not moving to the ball has been released because in my mind it was as if it was getting throw downs or a medium pace was bowling so it stayed very still and it allowed me to hit through the line of the ball if necessary if need be or I would not commit there be no commitment 
So I wouldn't commit forward too early, especially with the all spinners who don't spin the ball. And once it was full, you just trade out one time and drive, hit the ball on the up. If the ball was slightly back of a length, was able to get back, transfer it back quickly, quicker, and be able to pick the gaps on the offside and the leg side, just in front of the square on the on the leg side, just in front of the square on the offside as well. Now, again, all this would have come with practice and retrospection, looking back at the game. Quite often, once I practice, when, when my segment is over, it might seem selfish, but I would go on the field and then I'll take 10 minutes to review. Did it work? What could I have done differently? You know, like I was fortunate to have a coach who at Spartan who did not interfere. And I, I give him full kudos for that. He, he did not interfere with what was happening. He would watch, he would sometimes bowl. And sometimes you, you can just see from his demeanor. You know, he would just give you a slight nod. You know, but it was never a case of him jumping in and interfering. Because I was at a stage of my game where if it didn't come off, if I, if it didn't execute well, I knew what could have been done better. So it wasn't necessary for him to say. And I also wasn't looking for perfection. So I appreciated that. There may be times where I might get it wrong, but I did not harp on it. I would go at it again. You know, leave it out, you know, put it in the cupboard and go again. So again the environment that was created by the coach was one which allowed me to express myself in different ways. It would have allowed me to practice and get things wrong and still be able to home in on these skills and go again and refine them and refine them. So the, the big takeaways are that we must allow players to along with the coach because experience is very important in this. Experience is very important in this. So if the coach has the experience or the player has the experience because we must appreciate in this day and age that there are players who will develop faster than coaches because they get to travel the world a bit more. They're exposed to different methodologies and what's not. And we must be, as coaches, willing to listen and pick, pick the brain, have that conversation during the session, after the session, before the session. And we will, the, the next podcast will be on planning where that conversation becomes mightily important. Now, we must create the environment. There's a, another strategy that I would utilize more so now than, than before when I was playing. But through understanding of playing spin and doing my reading and, and research and observe, observing different players over the time. You know, there's a, another method where you see players using a small forward press as a trigger movement. Basically, if it's not a plant. It's just a small press on the balls of the feet. 
on the ball's front foot. So it then allows you that the ball is fuller to straight out again and drive. If the ball is shorter, you just drop anchor and get deep into the box. So it gives you a bit more time. I can recall growing up, it was a case where we talk about using our feet. And we often thought that using your feet meant that you had to go towards the ball. But use of the feet is also going away from it. Being able to create a bit more space, a bit more time in order to play the ball. So you're getting deep into the crease, which allows you to access different gaps. So, again, there's lots there to, to think about as players, because there may be some players listening to the podcast. But also as coaches, where we think about the game a bit more. Some coaches may have other methodologies to add that may be able to, to supplement what I would have shared based on experience as a player that I would have had. And then you have a, a, a wide database. You have a lot of resources because there are different players with different styles. You may have a taller batsman, you have a shorter batsman. Shorter men are nimble but tend to play on the bat for a bit more. I tend to find that Spinners find it difficult to operate if you got shorter guy batting, especially if the spin is tall. They tend to find it difficult to find the right length. So all these different nuances of, of batting and, and becomes very important as a coach and determine what do you prescribe for a player. And it's not necessarily all about you imposing what you think. At times, it is very much enhancing what the player has already. And sometimes it's not about putting him in a position to hit boundaries. If he is a player who generally hits the ball a bit squarer of the wicket, and there may be a situation in the game where because the higher up you go, there's more information on players and, and people know players. As, as soon as you walk to the crease, a feel is set for that. If you can get the player in a position where now he can hit the ball a bit more in front, not necessarily for a boundary, but to be efficient enough to pick up a single and to rotate the strike. That's waiting on, you know, you know, forcing the bowler, you're frustrating the bowler, frustrating the captain of the feeling side. And then... You're being smart enough to wait to when the ball comes into your area. You know, you're not necessarily getting frustrated with the fact that a field has been set to plug your strong point. You are still going on. The world is not ending. The cricket game is not finished. So you, you, you as a coach, you now will try to put the player in a position where, all right, so we may be able to knock this ball just in front and get a single. Rotate the strike. Play the period of time that you're in. Understand the game. So, in practice, for instance, and, and this might lead this will lead me into the next podcast where we talk about planning. You structure the practice in, in such a way, maybe that you say, all right, well, today we're not going to allow you to play your sweep shot because we know that you're very good at that. Today we're not doing that. We're going to take another option. So, you're, you're giving consequence. You're, you're putting a constraint in, forcing him now to be able to find another method of scoring, maybe just a Hit the ball instead of sweeping, playing the ball a little later, rolling the wrist on the ball, picking up a single, so that he has a bit more ammunition now going into games where 
people may have already known him, seen him play and have set a field for him that restricts his play. So all of these are little things that we can use. I don't want to preempt the next the next podcast. But just remember that as coaches, we're talking about creating that environment where players can learn, where players can express themselves and feel that freedom sometimes to fail, to get it wrong. Because the fear of failure is one of the biggest inhibitors that a player can have. So if you allow them to practice different strategies and work closely with them because I was given a bit of, bit of freedom because of the stage I was at. But if you have your younger players, be close. Work closely with them. Find out what they were thinking when they tried this. Why they're trying this. How are they looking to score? How is the bowler looking to get them out? Get them thinking about it a bit more so that they make more informed decisions and have a better understanding then of the game itself and how they want to play. So once again, thank you very much for listening, guys.